If you had a um, child or a grandchild in the, in the drama, I want, you to st- I want you to stand up real quick. Hey, give our parents and grandparents a hand, those of you who are not a part of that group. Wow. All right. Awesome. Awesome. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's so awesome. I, I, I think they're probably still helping out, getting everything put up uh, and getting the kids back to their place. But, man, thank you, all those who helped make that happen. Uh, it was a lot of hours went into that. This whole backdrop and set, uh, it took a lot of time, and it was, a lot, it was pretty rough getting it up this morning. I thought we were going to lose a couple of folks. In the meantime, uh, we, uh, it, it got a little interesting, but thank God he's good, and his mercy endures for all generations and forever. So uh, it, all, it all come together. Praise the Lord. Amen. There's been a lot going on behind the scenes. Some people don't know what all happens behind the scenes, and there's been a lot of things that have come against us, and I was like, there's so many things going wrong. I said, this might be the day Jesus comes back. It's been that bad. This may be the day. So if you're here and you don't know Jesus, man, this is your day. Not to scare you, but uh, just to let you know there's somebody in this place today who can meet you and change your life. And, uh, but we are glad. It's good to see all those who have come up, come and just maybe be with us today for, for the drama. Uh, I'm so thankful that you're here to be a part of that. And I uh, just want to invite you to come back and be with us again, worship with us again. Next week is Easter. If you don't have a place to worship, uh, come. Be a part of uh, what God's doing here at Faith Renewed. And um, and, and get connected to this house. We'd love to have you be a part of it. So, uh, but we do. We love first-time guests around here. Faith and you, don't we really love them? Yeah. Amen. That was decent. Amen. We do. We think you're some of the most coolest people on earth, and, uh, and uh, we're so thankful that you come today. So, hey, do this. Do you have your Bible? You ready to go there? Man, I'm ready today. I'm ready for the Word of God. I, I love the Word of God. So do this. Take your Bible and turn away to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, and uh, the screen today has shrunk because of the backdrop, and it may be a little bit difficult to read some of these things, and, um, so, but uh, if you don't have your word with you, your sword, we have that on the screen, so you can take a look at it and, um, and follow along with us. But Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, verse 24, go ahead and do this, mark that place uh, in, in the Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 9, just put your finger there, your pen and go to Matthew chapter 9. But we're going to go there next. And that'll be verses 37 and 38. Verses 37 and 38. I used one verse last week, preached about 40 minutes. So uh, I got three today. So after about an hour and 20 minutes, we should be good to go and uh, ready to go home and go eat some lunch and all that good stuff. So uh, just kidding. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples. A disciple is simply this. A disciple is a follower of Jesus. He's a, a follower of Christ, a disciplined follower. So that's what God has called us in the Great Commission to raise up, to disciple nations. So he said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross. Say that. Take up his cross and follow me. One more time. If anyone desires to come after me, let him take up, let him deny himself, take up the cross and follow me. Now go to Matthew chapter 9. Take a left in your Bible. If you go right, you're in, in the wrong direction. 37 and 38 says this. It says, then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful. The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Let's pray together. 
God, we thank you today for what you're doing in this place, God. Thank you for, for lives that are being changed, God, for hearts that are being turned towards you. Lord, thank you for the cross, the ultimate price that was paid for our freedom. And God, we glory in that today. We glory in you and what you've done for us, and we give you praise today, God. Now, for every person who's in this place today, who showed up at Faith in Your Outreach Center, Lord, today in this house, I speak blessings into their life. God, take us all to the foot of the cross today, God, and, and let us understand that there is the answer to every question, every problem we have, Lord, it's at the foot of the cross. And we pray today that you'll bless this word, God, anointed, anoint me to bring truth and life today into hurting people's lives, Lord. And we thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, say it with me. Amen. 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 I tell you, God's been doing some incredible, amazing things. Last week, we started a brand new series. Amen. It was awesome. It was off the chain. I mean, uh, it, it was it literally, it was off the chain, man. We, it was just amazing to see what God did. Last week in this place, someone gave their heart to God. Come on, somebody. Somebody gave their heart to God. They, they were headed down one road, turned their life in another direction, and headed toward the cross now, and, and their life is headed to a new place. So people were delivered and set free in this place last week. Amen. I think we give, should give God a praise offering for that. Amen. That's awesome. Praise the Lord for what he's done, man. I, I, it's just amazing. It's amazing to see that, that how mighty the power of the cross really is. It, it, it is just amazing. Last week, we started this new series, and it wasn't just some cool series with some cool name. It was literally about the, the, the people of God doing what God has called us to do, and that is to take up our cross and begin to follow him, to take a symbol that has been, has been kind of come to be known as just kind of a, a, a symbol of Christianity, but has kind of drifted away from the true meaning and become just something we wear around our neck, just something we wear as a, as a display, and those are all, those are all great things. If you wear those, those are fine. None of those things are wrong with that. Tattoos, shirts that have the cross. I, I don't mind any of those things that you choose to do with that. That's okay. But there is a whole lot more that goes with the cross of Christ than just a piece of artwork. There's so much more. The power of the cross is so powerful. And it was at the cross of Calvary. It was at the cross of Calvary that Jesus met the needs of hurting people. They're going to prepare a video, and I just want you to turn your attention to the screen. And it was at the cross. Don't forget this. It was at the very cross of Calvary that Jesus died and bled to meet the needs of hurting people. Have you ever just looked at people? Just watched them? My wife and I have this game we play when we're at a restaurant. We look at a crowd of people and we try to guess what they're talking about, whether they're on their first or second date, whether they'll ever be on a date again. It's a fun game. When you look at people, what do you see? This verse in Matthew, it says, when Jesus looked out on the multitude, he had compassion on them. It's a simple little verse, but have you ever thought about that? 
mean, what does Jesus see when he looks at people? He sees something so different. I mean, I see people eating, shopping, laughing. He sees the woman struggling through a divorce. The man grieving the loss of his son. He sees people, real people. And he loves them for who they are. After he said these things, he turned to those closest to him. Probably with a tear in his eye, he said, pray that God would send workers into this multitude. And that's what you and I are, aren't we? He prayed for us. I mean, we see these people every day. We work with them, we pass them on the street, and we not only see them on the street, they sit beside us in our church pew every week, hurting people, saying, will somebody please help me? What are we gonna do about it? What are you going to do about it? Everybody's asking, why are you leaving the life you knew? What do you see when you look at the person that's sitting beside you this morning? What do you see when you look at the person that you go in and you sit beside at that desk or you work down the line from, what do you see when you look at them? I got some amazing statistics here that, that just blow my mind. 83% of Americans say that they're born-again Christians. 83%. Huh. It's a big number. They say that. Only 17% of Americans attend church on Sunday morning, according to George Barna. Okay. 17%. Over 1,000 teenage girls become pregnant every day. Currently, 3,900 babies die from abortion every day in America. One every 22 seconds. Each year, over 1.4 million infants die from abortion. 150,000 guns are being taken into our schools every day in America. Wow. 40 million U.S. adults regularly visit internet pornography websites. 40 million. 53% of men who have attended a Promise Keepers event this year viewed pornography within this past week. Wow. <laughs> 47% of Christians said pornography is a major problem in their home. Over 200,000 job cuts have been announced so far in 2009. This was a, from cnnmoney.com that I got at the end of January. Over 200,000 jobs have been cut and announced so far in 2009, according to company reports. Nearly 2.6 million jobs were lost over 2008, the highest yearly job loss total since 1945. Stock market lost over 40% of its value in the year of 2008. In the United States, divorce hits 50% of marriages, yet the most impressive is the study that shows Christians are as vulnerable to divorce as anyone else. On any given night in America, anywhere from 700,000, 
to 2 million people are homeless, according to estimates from the National Law Center of Homeless and Poverty. Hope I ain't bringing you down too much this morning, but you know something? There are hurting people all around us. All around us. We don't have to look far. In this room today, there are people who are hurting. If we only knew what was really happening, and we come to church, and we, again, we put on faces, and we dress certain ways, and we, and we try to blend right in, but if the truth be known, there are hurting people all around us. The, the Bible says this, the harvest is plentiful. You know what blows my mind? And again, I know we're living in a tough world where, especially in the Bible Belt, we're in a buggle of it. And so it's a mind-blowing when everybody just says they're Christians and you say, well, do you know Christ? Do you have a relationship with him? But yeah, I go to so-and-so church. No, I, I didn't ask you about what church you went to. Do you know Jesus? Well, you know, my, my dad was a pastor and my, my grandfather and he went to this church and they were founding members and, and they've got pews with their names on the sides of them and they had a, a, the, the, the home was named after them and, and the fellowship hall has their, has their name on it. I did not ask you any of those things. Do you know Jesus? They're hurting people everywhere we look. They're hurting folks all around us. And this is what I believe God's called this house to be. Last week, man, it was exciting to, to look at how powerful the cross of Christ is. But how much more powerful is the cross when we take it and when we carry it into a hurting world? How much more powerful? God asked us. He said for us. Jesus looked at his disciples, those who love him and who called themselves believers. He looked at them. He says, now you take up your cross. And follow me. Jesus knew how important the cross of Calvary was. He understood. The Bible says it was for the joy that lay before him. He endured the cross. It was what was lined ahead. It's what he took. Everything upon his back. All the pain. Because he knew the power that lied within it. And it's why today he asked us. He asked us to take up our cross. Now, the last week was, I believe, encouraging, and I believe today is going to be very challenging. But we're living in a place of hurting people. And you know what the answer is? It's the church. It's not government. They're not going to be able to bail us out. I don't care how much they, 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 they work on this thing. It was funny. We was late in the night. It was in, in Washington. We're taking the night tour, and the flags were raised up on top of the state house, and that's, this, that's because they're in there in session right now. They can meet all day long, and they're not going to be able to meet our needs. They can, they can study this thing out, and we can give trillions and billions and everybody else and fix potholes. None of that's going to save a world that's dying. Only the church who takes up their cross will be the answer to a lost and a hurting and dying world. Only then will things change. That's it. It blew my mind. I, I, I stood in the middle of Arlington National Cemetery the other day, and I, and I had tears in my eyes, and I heard the stories, and it was amazing to look as far as I could see. I mean, it was as far as you could look. I mean, you, you, your, your eyes ran out, but as far as you could see were crosses that were raised representing our forces who bled and died and gave their life for us. And, 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 and for me, it was, it was very emotional as I began to think. Maybe I analyze stuff too much sometimes. But I began to think about every one of their crosses, there was a story. There was a father behind one of those crosses. 
That, that was a son. That was somebody's brother or somebody's mother, somebody's uncle, someone's aunt, someone's child who laid there and, and who that cross represented. And it just, it just it tore my heart up as I began to think about that. And I believe it is so powerful. And I believe it's so incredible that we have things like that who honor those heroes who gave their life for us. Amen? I believe we should do it. I believe we should honor every one of those. But as I looked out across that sea, as far as I could see of crosses, not any one of those crosses could save me. And I thought about 2,000 years ago, how someone was raised up on a cross, and how someone stretched out his hands, and he bled, and he died, and he gave his life for us. And it was because of that cross that was raised up. It was because that cross that was signified that we can have life today, that we can have true freedom in the Spirit today because of what he done when he bled, and when he died, and when he gave his life for us. There's power in the cross, and this is what Jesus said for us to do. Take it up. We look at that so many times. We're like, man, that's my burden. Oh, God. God, all, he's always trying to bring me down. He's always trying to push me down. And, and that's why I don't want to go to church. That's why I don't want to be a Christian. But some of you, that's why I don't live here. Because he wants me to carry some cross. No, it was the cross that was the answer to the problem. Do you hear me? It was the cross that was the answer to the, to the price of sin that was brought to this earth. It was because of the cross of Jesus. And he said, you take it. And you carry it to a lost and a hurting and a dying world. I believe what he's called the church of today to be. Not a theater. There's so much more to this than just a theater. You even take it further than what it's being used for today. It's more than just a place where we just come together and hang out and see some good, sing some good songs, see some great dramas, and hear a little bit of word. He's called this place to be a hospital for hurting people. He's called this place to be a hospital for hurting people. As they bring this over, guys, I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to the vision statement of Faith Renewed Outreach Center. I want you to hear what we said. This is on our website. You can look at it. But this is what Faith Renewed Outreach Center desires to be, a church that functions in His divine order. A church that fulfills the great commission of Jesus Christ and represents God with excellence. Where people of all races, ethnic groups, cultural positions, or religious backgrounds can come and worship freely and receive God's word. Listen to me. Hear this. Where the sinner will find grace and acceptance. Where the believer will become a disciple and be challenged to grow. Where those who need healing or deliverance will find the very present help in time of need. A growing place. A light to the city and beyond. Reaching out and ministering to the whole world. Vision is such a powerful thing. Now, of course, we've simplified it for t-shirts. It won't all fit on a t-shirt. We've, we've simplified that a whole lot, and that's good, and we need to. But when you look and you read the mission statement and the vision of this church and what God has called it to be, that will happen when the cross of Calvary is raised up. He said this. He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I draw all men to me. This one will happen. And when you think about this, every one of the things that we talk about here, every part of our mission statement can happen when the cross is raised up. 
When we see it, we get a vision of what God's called us to do. It's so powerful. Helen Keller said this about vision. She said, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. Wow. The only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. Don't think that you're just coming to something or you're becoming a part of something. That's just a, just a church. We'll close the doors today if that's all we're supposed to be. We're called to be a light. If we could rewrite our statement today, and we're not, and nothing like that, but I believe this could be simply simplified by something like this. A church that raises up the cross. And if we lift him up, that's what he said he would do, is draw all men unto him. Every one of these things happen when we lift up the cross. Every one of these things take place when we lift up the cross. And it's when we begin to carry this message out into a lost and dying world. It's when we do this. It's when we share this with our friends, our family, and our neighbors, our loved ones, that their life will change. A hospital for the hurting. I got a few things today here I want to talk to you about. And um, I want you to think about today. First of all, we have turn out gears. This is a little bit more scaled down version than what I wore back in the day when I was a firefighter for Greenville City for six years. But um, this is actually an EMS set that was worn by a tall person. But as, as you look at the turnout gear and what it's used for, some of these guys are firefighters and we have some first responders and, and those sort of things. I want you to begin to think about today what a, what a hospital for hurting people has in its closet, what it has hanging on the shelf, what it carries and what it represents and what it should be wearing and using. And as I began to think about some of these things, I looked at this and I said, you know something, Th this is a powerful tool. Now, and, and again, if you get the thicker version with the big thick boots, and when you put this on, this is something that's put on you to protect you from the places that you will go into. This is something that we place on and we wear. It was amazing to me as just a young man, 19 years of age, when I went to rookie school at the Greenville City Fire Department, and uh, Tim was here, and he was, I don't believe, was you in the same rookie school I was in? You wasn't using a different one? But we were on the same department. He went, I think, a little before me. He was an old-timer. I was a rookie. But when we did this, we had a training session to where we would walk into a burning building the training tower that sits on Malden Road. You walk into this burning building, and man, they have this thing lit up. It is blazing. And it's just a, just a little snot-nosed rookie, 19 years of age. I, I thought I knew everything. Didn't. Hey, man. <laughs> Thank you, Daddy. I mean, it, it is amazing. So some of you guys that are in here today, you, you think you know so much, but we don't. But this is what was amazing to me. They geared us up. They put on the turnouts and the gear, and they placed this upon us, and they took us into this burning building. Now, this was what was amazing to me. I, I'm, I'm, I thought I was there to put out fire. That's what I signed up for. I didn't sign up for what they did for me that day. I didn't sign up for what they, they took me through. They took me into this place, and they put me, and they took me, and they brought me right up into the actual fire. And we had pallets that were stacked up, and they were beginning to burn. And the training officer did this, and I wanted to knock him out. He reached over, and he took the pallets, and he pushed them over. 
on to me. Greg, I don't know if y'all do this at Parker. Y'all probably got a little more sense over there at Parker District than what we have at Greenville. But he took this and he pushed this over onto me. But he said this. I jumped back and I was trying to knock all this stuff off of me and, and it was dark and smoky and all this stuff was going on. And he said this. He said, you have to trust your equipment. If you don't trust your equipment, you'll be scared to go into a burning building and you'll never make it as a firefighter. You will never be able to save anyone. You'll never be able to save property. You'll never be able to do what you're supposed to do if you're afraid of the equipment that you have on. You must trust your equipment. And I tell you, he taught me something that day. In the middle of that, that second floor, of that training tower, when fire fell on me and it did not burn me. Praise the Lord. I was like, revelation knowledge was flowing freely that day. And it was amazing to me that as I was right in the midst of this, I was unburned. Right in the midst of these things. That, that nothing was nothing was bringing harm to me. It was so amazing to me how awesome the gear was that we put on. You know something? God tells us to put on something. He tells us to put on the armor of God. So as we get ready to go into a hurting world and take the cross of Calvary, when we put on our equipment, when we place on the, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, when we put on all the things that God has for us to put on, you can put your armor on and you can walk into a fire, into a battle situation. And here's what you can do. You can trust your equipment. Come on, you can trust this word right here. You can stand on it. When we wrap ourselves in the word of God, when we stand on this, we can walk into a burning fire and come out and never smell like smoke, never be burned. We can go through any situation. We can walk through the battle itself and come out unscathed. When we wrap ourselves in the armor of God, it's such a powerful force. And if we're ever going to be a hospital for hurting people, we have to pick this up and put it on and begin to wear it. And begin to tear take that thing out. When we would go into a place as a first responder, when we go into a medical call, and uh, it, it was amazing to me, we started off with just having no basic first aid. By the time I left, we had to be first responders, and I learned a whole lot of stuff that I, I guess now I'm not using, but uh, it was good at the time. But we would carry something when we would meet the MS there. We carried something into these houses called a stretcher. If you look before me, you'll see one, and, uh, and, I, and I appreciate Greenwood County hooking us up with this today, but we, we would take this stretcher into a place, and it was used for a couple of reasons. There's a couple of reasons that as a church, we should be using spiritual stretchers. One is this. One is we would take this piece of equipment, and we would take it to the people. This is the people who were unable to get to us. It's those people who we invited to church every week but never came. It was those people who maybe financially didn't have a way to get there and didn't have what it takes and didn't have, have the, maybe didn't think they could dress a certain way. Maybe whatever it is. They, they, these are the people that God has called us to go forth and to bring in. Taylor, come on up here, man. I want you to hop on this thing for me. Don't hurt yourself. Pastor Stephen, some of you guys help me. Make sure this thing is good to go. I don't want to do, use my CPR that I know. <laughs> there you go, Matt. Just hop up here, brother. I should have him like, pass out. and Just make yourself at home, son. <laughs> just, hey, just relax, man. Just relax. <laughs> J 
Jesus said to do this. He told us to go out into the highways and byways and compel them to come in. Well, pastor, you know something? They, they may think I'm crazy. They, they may think I'm a nut. If, if, if I go out and I, and I start trying to bring them in, well, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but you know something? They're they going to think you're a nut either way. Either way, whether you share Jesus or don't share Jesus, don't, don't act like you ain't talking about somebody else and you say, that person is crazy. They're going to talk about you regardless. And so he, he's told us to go forth and to bring them in. So this is what this is what gospel has called us to do. This is what Jesus said to do. Take up a cross, and he said, carry it to a lost and a dying world. So we're called to take forth this twofold, this twofold piece of equipment and carry it into a hurting place and pick up those that are hurting. What about the man who was lame and could not walk, and he had four friends? Uh, he had four friends who said, you know something? We heard that Jesus was going to be in town. We, we heard that this, this, this Savior, this, this Messiah, we heard that he was going to be in town. And so this is what they did. They took everything they could, and four guys, one on each corner, they got to the place to where Jesus was at. And this is what was amazing. It was so crowded they couldn't get in. That's what I'm praying for. Well, y'all got 600 seats in there. Yeah, go, we're going to have to go to two services. Because it's going to be too crowded to get in. Only 17% of Americans go to church. Harvest is plentiful. It's the laborers that are few. These guys did this. They took their friend. They got to him, and it was too crowded. They couldn't get in, so they did this. They carried him up the side of a building got on top of the roof and began to pull the roof back and began to pull through the... It was a mud and it was a clay and a hay, hay roof. And it was amazing to me. As they were pulling this stuff, I'm sure stuff was falling inside and Jesus was teaching and he was preaching and all the miracles were happening and all the things that were going on. And, and this is probably what was going on. Probably the church folks, the religious folks, the Pharisees, they were probably fussing because they was getting stuff in their hair. They was probably fussing, well, the music's too loud in that place, so I can't go back there. They said, I don't know about that turning lights off and dressing up with gloves and, and wearing masks. And all that kind of, I don't know if I can go back there. But here's the deal. They got him to Jesus. So many times we do this. We quit and we give up if we get to the door that's too crowded. You know something? I tried. I made an attempt and I, I did all I can do. No, have we really did all we can do? They took him to Jesus, and as the Bible says, they lowered him down, and they brought him into the very midst. He said to that, that place that day, your sins are forgiven, you're healed. And the thing they brought him in on, he picked up and carried out. That's what I believe happened last week, and the gentleman brought in a 10-year alcohol addiction that he was carrying in. I believe he carried that thing out, and I believe he picked up that thing, and I believe he's going to use it as a testimony now. And he's going to say, this is what used to have me right here. Just a symbol. This is what used to take me out. This is, what, this is what used to bring me down. I couldn't survive without this thing. Now I met somebody at the cross named Jesus who changed my life, who changed my life that day. We're called to take this into a hurting, dying world and bring them in. But it serves twofold. If you walk into Greenville Memorial Hospital today, you'll see these in emergency rooms. You'll see these, and we should see these in the church today. 
We should, we should be a place that when someone comes in that's hurting, we don't beat them down. We don't judge them and look at them and say, well, if you'll clean all this stuff up, if you'll do all these things, then we'll take you. That's not what Faith Renewed Outreach Center was, was, was planned to be. It was never called to be that, and it's not that today. It's called to be a place where hurting people can come in, and we can take, and we can lay them on the stretcher. And here's what's really cool. If we can just get them there, God will do the work. Amen. You, you don't have to be a scholar to do that. You don't have to be a scholar to get someone to Jesus. Next week when we have Easter Sunday service, there's going to be people who never come to church and will show up on those days. That's the ones we should be going after this week. And if we can do this, I believe this. I believe in the power of the cross so much. If we can just get them to him, he'll do the work. He'll clean them up. But I believe we're supposed to be able to provide a place for them to come in just like they are, just like the, just in, this, in the mess that they're in, in the pain where they're hurting, bleeding, whatever the problem is, and take them in and lay them down and begin to find out and begin to minister to their needs. And this is something that we use, and it's something that's used today. It's called a stethoscope. And this is what the church is also called to do. We're supposed to use this to diagnose the needs of those that are hurting not find out, we'll say, okay, let me listen to this and, 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 and let me find out. Hold on. Oh, no. Dude, are you all right? Oh, he's in my ears. No wonder. Hold on. All right. There you go. I was going to say, bro, we're losing him. No. No, son, you, you've, got, you've got a drug addiction. We can't have you in our church. No, man, you, you have, let me see. Oh, man, I didn't know you had all this hidden stuff in there. I don't know if we can let you in. What we're called to do is this. Bring them in. Find out what the need is. And then begin to meet it. Man, this is, you sure are laying this thing out, Pastor, making it sound a whole lot easier than what I thought it was. What's the gospel? It's the cross of Christ. It was a Savior who bled and died and gave his life for us. And so that we can do this. We can provide life more abundantly just like he did. We bring them in and we begin to find out and begin to meet their needs. And there, this is how bad it is. And I believe this today. And, I, I, and God has, has, has laid this pretty strong in my, my spirit this week. There's some people even at a place to where if we searched real hard, real long, we could find maybe just a faint heartbeat. I've been through a lot of stuff, Pastor. You don't know what all I've dealt with, what all I've gone through, and what all's happened in my life. This is an O2 tank. It's full of oxygen, and it is full. Actually, I replaced it with helium, and this is going to be real fun here in just a minute when I put this on uh, Taylor's mouth. Just kidding. Just kidding. You know something, for a lot of people, this is life. For a lot of people, they carry these things with them. They're in bags or baskets or connected to a wheelchair, and they, they have to survive off these things. This, in, this, in this bottle that I hold today is, is life. You know what we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ and the cross? life. 
And what's really cool is with this, when we bring them in, whether we have to go get them or they just walk through our doors, if we'll love them, not judge them, and not say, well, you don't have the right insurance company, so we don't accept you here. No, no, you can maybe go down the street and maybe they'll accept you. No, and we say, just whosoever will, come unto me. All you dear labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. When we do this, when, we, when we're just like Jesus, when we say, whosoever will come unto me, just whoever it is, I'll give you what you need. Here's what I know about the cross of Calvary. There's life in it. And when we do this, when we take, and when we connect ourselves to the life source, when we connect ourselves to the cross, and when we carry it with us, and when we say, I have an answer to your problem. When we have those, and someone people shared this today, they said they're beginning to ask questions. And if you'll just keep giving them Jesus. Well, they want to know about all these other things. You can't talk to unbelievers about some of the things we talk to them about. I'll show you in Scripture where Jesus said, don't even go there with them. They don't even know what you're talking about. But if we'll just share Jesus and the cross of Christ with them, we can bring life to them. And it's when we connect ourselves to this, and when we use this and we place it on those that are hurting and dying, we bring life into them. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying this. Just like we are right now, messed up, Screwed up, some of us. If we'll just come to him and we'll just take up the cross and connect to it, <laughs> there's no limit to what he can do. There, there's no end to what he can do. I, I believe this. I believe at the cross there's new life, new hope. We named the church Faith Renewed for a reason. God did. There are people who have been beaten down and, and been pushed down by church, by life, by whatever it is. Every one of us, according to God's word, has been given a measure of faith. We all have it. But it's because for some of us who have gone through certain situations and been beaten down by life, we, we, we no longer have that, and that life is just about drained out of us. But I believe this about the gospel. I believe this about my Savior, the one who, who was raised up. I believe if we can get them there, I believe if we can get that message into them, I believe if we can get them to an almighty physician who is a healer, we can meet every need. We can meet every need, every struggle, everything that they're going through. Well, Pastor, you don't know how messed up I am. You don't know how screwed up this. No, I've got the answer. I've got a life source that we can tap into. And you, we may have to crank it up real high and breathe, help you breathe for a while. But I believe this. The more we get the word in you, the more we get our, surround you with love and put our arms around you and minister to your needs, we can just keep turning that thing down. And before long, you're going to be able to take it off and breathe for yourself and begin to work for the kingdom of God. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 9. He said, the harvest is plentiful. He said, the laborers are few. Guys, will you help him and get this over to the side? Thank you, Taylor. He talks about two people in that verse. And, and this is what I believe. I believe every one of us are at either one of those two places today. 
And if we do what God's called us to do, we'll be both of those at some point in our life. We'll be both of those at some place. He said this. He said, the harvest is plentiful. It's the laborers that are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. First of all, here, here's, here's what I, I want to show to you. The first person is the harvest. Gary, come on up and help me if you would. Play that God is here if you don't mind. The first person is the harvest. The harvest is this. The harvest is those who are there, who are ready to come and ready to be used for what God's called them to be used for. It is someone who is ready to be picked up and plucked and pulled and brought in. And this is what I know about, about his word. And this is what I know about statistics and all that stuff. Again, they're all around us. They're here today. When you leave and go to the restaurant, they're going to be there as well. There's no short supply of harvest. The short supply is for the laborers. So I want to speak to, two, to both of you today. First of all, if you're in this place and you don't know Jesus... You're a part of the harvest today that God wants to bring into his kingdom. You're a part of the harvest today that God wants to pick. And, and here's the deal. This is what's awesome about Christ. And this is what is awesome about what we showed today. You, you may, that, that fruit may be some rotten stuff in it. It may have some things going on. There may be some things taking place and some, some, some stuff going on with the fruit. We're not fruit inspectors. We're not, we're not, we're not what's the guy's name? Walter? But by low, we ain't Walter. We're not going to pick you up. We're not going to look at you and say, they don't get it. Or maybe put a sticker on this and say, we'll keep and use this one. No. We're called to be harvesters. Take kid them and bring them in. And that's what Jesus did for us. He said, whosoever will come unto me. <laughs> Love him. And today, if you're in this place and you don't have a relationship with Jesus... Listen to me. The question I asked earlier when we go up and ask our friend, do you have a relationship? Are you walking with Christ? Well, I go to so-and-so. Not asking you that. Well, I, I used to go and then my, my... Not asking you that. You know, today... If you don't know Christ, if you don't have a relationship with him, he's not Lord of your life. You're a part of a harvest that God wants to bring in and use. The second one is this. The second one is the laborers. If we've already been a part of the harvest, we've already been brought in and we're a part of this thing now and, and God's taken us just like we are, now he's called us to do this. He tells us, now you take up the cross and you follow me. Now you go get what you used to be. We want to separate ourselves from those things. We don't want to be a part of those things. Not be a part of it. Go get them and bring them in. Stand with me if you would, please. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Just bow your heads for a moment right where you're at today. Hallelujah. 
There are people in this room today that don't know Jesus. And here's the deal. We were all there at one point in our life. Every one of us. And here's what I want you to know today. If you're in this house and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, some of you have been coming for a while, some of you might be your first time, but there's no relationship there with Him. Some of you have drifted so far from the cross, you can't even remember what it looked like. And what was also about the cross is God was forgiven as He was being beaten. He was saying, God, forgive them for what they've done. He was loving through everything He was going through. And today, He wants to love you just right where you're at today. If you're in this place and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, not anything else, not I, I go to church, used to go, none of that stuff, but you say, I don't have a relationship with Christ, I want you to pray this prayer after me. If you want to give your life to Him today, if you want to become a part of that, the family of God that we're talking about, if you, if you want to come in just like you are, you don't have to nurse your wounds, you don't have to work on yourself or do none of those things, you don't have to try to change something before you come in. A hospital for the hurting, it's why it's there. It's why, it, it's why the place exists to take people in and begin to minister to them, and begin to minister to their needs right where they're at today. And if you're here today and, you, and you're in a place to where you have no relationship with Him, I want you to just say something like this. Just say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Laborers, can you say that with me? Church, can you say that with me? Say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Thank you for loving me just like I am, Lord. Thank you for paying the price for my freedom thank you for paying the price for me now Lord I confess you now as Lord I confess that you died on that cross for me and God raised you from the dead and I want to take up my cross today and follow you I receive you now into my life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just keep your heads bowed for a moment. There's people who prayed that prayer, who gave their life today to Christ. Here's what I, here's what I want you to do. If you're looking at our bulletin, there's a, there's a section there called Barnabas. You'll find that in there. It's called the Barnabas Ministry. We want to encourage you and love you and help you and, and, and encourage you in the walk and begin to help minister and meet the needs that you may have in your life. There's a number there you can call. There's an email that you can email. Whatever it is, I, I, I want you to get connected to that ministry. And we want to we wrap our arms around you and love on you. We also want to do this. We want to pray with you today even before you leave here. We're not going to take a lot of time to do it, but we want to do that. We want to minister to you today before you even leave this place today. So in just a moment, we're going to open up our altars. And I want you to begin to come down with those that are coming. But here's the question I want to ask. First of all, we're either called to be the harvest and after we come to Him, we're called to, to be the laborers for Him. We're called to take up the cross. We're called to go out and to bring them in.
And today, I want you to be connected. I want you to be a part of something that God's doing. I want you to be a part of something that God's doing. I want you to be a part of this light that God's called us to be in this city. And be connected to it. And to be connected to what God's doing here. And I want us to come together. I was amazed by the stories that I heard in Washington. I was blown away as I sat there and watched the history of Mount Vernon of George Washington as he gathered the troops and as he brought these people together. In one day, this blew my mind, in one day, they built an entire fort that they used to help defeat the enemy. In one day, no bulldozers, no backhoes, none of these things. In one day, because they came together, and each one of them used their, the gifts that they had, and they presented it there, and they said, George, I'm here, to, I'm here to use this thing. What would happen with the technology that we do have today, with the things that God has given us today? What would happen if, uh, if us as God's people come together and say, God, I want to build whatever it is you've called me to build. I want to build the kingdom of God. I want to build the kingdom of God. If you're here today, you say, I want to be a part of what God's doing in this last day of Great Awakening. I want to be a part of what God is doing and I, I want to be connected and I want to be a laborer who actually goes and who brings the harvest in. I want you to do this today. I want you to raise your hand up. If you want to be a part of what God has called you to be, you say, I want to go and I want to reach the harvest for Christ. Raise it up. Thank you. That's not a true question. just want you to know. I'm like, I don't know if I should be a part of that or not. No, that's what Jesus said. From the hands that went up, I, it, it shows me the scripture is true and it needs to change. Not the word, but the statistics. Harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. If you want to be a part and you want to be a labor for the kingdom of God and do what God's called us to be and take up a cross, I want you to raise your hand up one more time. Praise God. Can we do this? Can we just come together real quick? Just come together real quick and we're just going to close in prayer. And is there any of our worship team even around to sing God is here? you raise your hand, you want to be a part of that today. I want you to come and I want you to get in this altar. Stand with us for just a moment as we get ready to close in prayer. Amen. Amen. As they come, come on, join them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I try to find my wife. Okay, she was ministering to Spider-Man, my son. 